listener production. Like some to die for yogurt on some perfectly soaked burger. Bad boys get all the yum yum. Yes. Yum yum good. Yum yum good. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Pretty rough news coming out this week, Matt, about the massive production that was going to be filmed in Melbourne of Metropolis getting canned because of the writer's strike. Dude, if you've ever done, uh, been to drama school or film school, Metropolis is a 1927 sci-fi film um, by a gentleman called Fritz Lang. It's sort of considered one of the most classic films to have ever been made. The special effects for the 20s was it, yeah, pretty bad. It's amazing. <laughs> and and it's, a, it's a silent film, but it, it is genuinely, you watch it and you go, wow, the, all of these problems or, you know, the, the plot, etc. You can connect with it still as a, yeah. I mean, I remember watching it when I was 18 years old in Brisbane. I still sort of connected with it. And it's the kind of thing that you could say, yes, let's remake Metropolis. It literally got made 100 years ago. They go and remake Spider-Man or something like that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Look, Toby or- Maguire did it fine. <laughs> Move on. Yeah, or, you know, other Australian comedies. But the, the like point Mother is... Mother and Son, for example. No, the, the, the point <laughs> is, they came... To Victoria, yeah. okay, to make this particular movie. The government had given $83 million, okay? Victoria's screen incentive had given $41 million. This is going to be a huge, huge production. About 4,000 okay? jobs, about $188 million in the economy or something like that. Yep, exactly. And the writer's strike is happening, and they've gone, you know what? Let's pull it. So these are the things, when you hear about the writer's strike and you think, oh, that has nothing to do with me, actually it kind of does because that's 4,500 people um, in Victoria who would have had jobs. And that's not just, you know, directors and writers and actors. That is security, people who are setting, make, building sets, construction people, road logistics, that's caterers car hire people it's like Mm. drivers it's a lot of people who are affected by stuff like that so which is why you know we consider ourselves fortunate the one recession proof job out there is podcasting and that's what we're going to be doing for you today here um so that we can oh no spend the next 20 minutes 25 minutes having a good old time together no i don't know should we lead the first podcasters strike no 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 don't you dare (laughs) don't you dare Imagine the world seeing what happened. They wouldn't notice. They'd realise how good things could be. <laughs> They'd be like, so this is what peace and quiet feels like. Thank God. Oh, the, the babbling brook and the tweeting birds. No, no, keep listening to us. Because we've got a big show. There's big news in the world of sport coming up today. And we're also, we're finally settling the dirty sharehouse debate. Mm. The DSH. D, which uh, has been rattling this nation for quite some time. So we're going to dive right into that very, very shortly. Get cracking. I'm Alex. That's Matt. This is All Day Breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Well, Matt, all things come to an end. And by the sound of things, in the AFL Australian Football League arena, there is a team that is considering changing its logo. Oh, now any company will know that this is no light decision. No. Usually you need consultants, you need graphic design firms, you need marketing companies to come on board, figure out what the messaging around it is. You've got to make sure it doesn't look like a big penis. Yeah, got to be very careful. Like that, what was it, the Women's Health Network or something (laughs) 
prior to the last election, there was a bit of a controversy around that. Yes. But um, some teams have to do it. There was a, an American football team called the Washington Redskins mm. who recently changed their name to the Washington Commanders. New logo, new everything. Out of respect for um, it's not that nice history. Yep. And the Australian rules team is having a bit of chat around it. The Essendon Bombers have reportedly, according to Herald Sun, are considering whether its fans believe the wartime aircraft logo is the best representation of the famous Victorian club, the Bombers. Essendon, mm. or my dad calls it the Dons. It's interesting, isn't it? I've never, I've never thought about the Bombers being a, um, well, okay, here's why I never thought about the Bombers being offensive, because I, I would believe that anyone can bomb people. Yes, it's a horrible thing to do to anyone, but I believe that anyone can bomb, so therefore but because because bombing people crosses all sorts of human lines that it's that anyone can do it. Yes, yeah. it's not I don't believe it's a race thing, a gender thing. I believe that all people can be truly awful. And that's why I felt like it never occurred to me. Well, it's it's the awfulness. It's not the evenly distributed awfulness. It's the awfulness, I think, that oh, they're looking at. I thought it was the bias. Bad, that, but like that, well, you compared it to the Redskins, and that was a, that's obviously a much more... Yeah, that's that's targeted. That's rough. Yeah, that's, 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 that's awful. get rid of it, for sure. So the Bombers, I thought, oh, okay, well, it must be in the same vein, but you're right. Like, it doesn't say what country's flag is on the side of the Bomber, you mean. Well, do you know what? Because most of the logos, I guess, can be good and bad. Like they mm. can be positive and negative. Yeah. But a bomber is very rarely good. The Gold Coast Suns, yeah, it gives life to everything on earth, but skin cancer. Exactly. So mm. that's fine. Broncos, you know, beautiful to pet, not beautiful to get trampled by. No, and somewhat of a pest in the wild when they get feral and, you know, tromp, trample the environment. Wait, are we talking the about the players or the animal? <laughs> The fact there needs to be a distinction is all you need to know. One of the um, greatest ever Essendon Bombers players, Matthew mm. Lloyd, had this to say on the saga. Have we got to that point? Have we such a great logo and tradition of the Essendon Football Club? Because you know, it might upset the odd person or two. We lose something so special with our football club. So I hope it stays. It's the problem with research groups, isn't it, Archie? You're always going to find people that disagree with some things. You'll get uh, two sides of every story. One of the proudest clubs in the it's a great logo in Australian it's sport. A great logo. Just keep it. So, um, going not going for change in that one, but you know, if there were change, you could do it and lose a bit of the offensive. I mean, how about instead of you know this you know old aircraft bomber kind of thing, they just have a picture of Matt O'Kine at Raw Comedy in the <laughs> late 2000s where you decided to change up your set when you walked on stage. Do you know what's so annoying, right? Uh, the Essendon Bombers. so annoying? <laughs> We're hearing a group of people here having an, having an issue with the Bombers logo who I dare say have probably never been bombed before. <laughs> I would, I would hazard a guess bombed, that yeah. their lives have not remotely mm. been affected by any sort of bomb or bomber in their life, mm. and they're holding on to this precious little picture as if it means anything, right? Get over it. Just bloody make a new picture and go out and play football, for God's sake. A new picture of a like, would you keep the name the Bombers, though? No. Call it the Boomers, since these Ooh. bloody whingers keep going on about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
or not my little not my little cartoon aeroplane. They're these tough footy blokes who go out there getting bashed about every day. Someone suggests they want to change a little cartoon plane. Oh, it'd be a tragedy that we'd lost everything of our great club. Clowns. <laughs> that should be the Essendon clowns. Oh my god. Seriously, could you imagine caring about a little picture? Get over it. <laughs> Next. This is all day breakfast. Well, the chairman of the Reserve Bank, Philip Lowe, uh, was quoted as saying that uh, in order to ease up some of these pressures that interest rates are doing to the economy and the inflation and everything, more people should reside under the one roof. And I don't think Philip has tried to go and cook his dinner with a sink full of dirty dishes, crumbs all over the floor, and one of those, like, those scrubbing brush things that make your pots dirtier than the... the one of the little handle sticks that's got the little sponge on the end of it and the, you fill it with detergent, yeah. No one refills that thing. You're just wiping an empty plastic scourer on it. People oh are living God. in share houses, and it came up this week. Because sometimes, Motokine, these things can get rather nasty. That's right. And I came out and I said something quite bold and I stand by it. All right. And to be honest, I haven't heard the cancel brigade come and knocking just hey, yet. The cancel brigade. <laughs> so I am going to double down here, which is, which is if anyone has seen anyone in the media <laughs> who's on the brink of getting cancelled... Everyone knows yeah. that doubling down is a major mistake. This is Matt's <laughs> Byron Blues Fest press release <laughs> right here. And I stand by the fact that all girls' share houses are more disgusting and filthy than all boys' share houses. Okay? Uh, we put up a poll on our Instagram. We'll get to that later. But we thought let's let's get instead of that hard, you know, statistical data. The scientific facts. Yeah, let's get a few more anecdotal stories about share house stories because we've all had the tough one. I remember moving out of a share house. It was just me and one mate, but he was very conveniently overseas, right, when the move happened. So I had to move all his stuff for him. And as we're doing the bond clean, right, so he used to do study in his bed, like would sit up against the wall, but with no mm. shirt on, there was just this dark patch of oh, body oil against no. the white wall. And me and my dad had to scrub that off. <laughs> Did you charge him for the for the bond clean? We should. I oh, bloody should have got charged for. The, well, it was us doing it, so probably. Made yeah, him. but did you like? I've I've had I've heard of friends who have done the bond clean because the other friends away, and they've gone. Well, give us eighty bucks. Oh god, no! Because I, I, you know, because I that. did it. Well, we did get some stories from you. Tess uh, messaged in on Matt.Alex, said we had our share house broken into, and when the police came, they asked if we had been ransacked. We hadn't been. It just always looked like that. <laughs> 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 Imagine the police. Oh, my God. Yeah. They've really done a number on this place. <laughs> um, Ella said, I kept my groceries in plastic tubs under my bed to avoid the mice who ruled the pantry. <laughs> what? You've got a vegetable crisper under the bed. That's That's amazing. <laughs> Um, Eric thought, my housemate thought he was cleaning rice. Turns out it was maggots. Not yes. all maggots, surely. What, they just, maggots oh, 100% replaced the I rice? I thought you were saying not all maggots as in, for some reason, like not all men. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Hashtag like, not all maggots. Yeah, not all maggots. Okay, not all maggots are going to be overthrowing your pantry. Uh, Angus got in touch, said I kept complaining to my landlord about our leaking toilet. Turns out it was just my roommate who kept missing the bowl and never cleaned it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yuck. How did you find that out, Angus? This is, this is rough stuff. Um, Sam, my housemate would reboil hot water bottle in our kettle. All hot beverages literally started tasting like car tire. Okay, I reckon what's happened is Sam's housemate has decided to put the water from his hot water bottle oh. into the kettle. Okay. And Not then sure. boil it and then put it, like he doesn't want to waste the water that's just gone into his <laughs> hot water bottle. So he's just going. Reusing the same water from yeah. the hot water bottle, pouring it back into the kettle, boiling it. Back into the bottle. Like some sort of hot water bottle centipede. <laughs> it's just going from end to mouth, just constantly in and out, in and out until it starts tasting like old rubber old... bladder. <laughs> so uh, Emma also got in touch with us. Um, I don't know if it's filthy, but um, it's definitely shared house experiences. A couple of mates and I used to all live together down in Jindamine doing a couple of snow seasons. And after work one night, because my housemate and I, two of us actually worked at the same pub together, um, I had the great idea to have the party back at our house. Great idea. Um, which is, you know, it's a great yeah, idea. it's fun. Um, it's fun. You're a fun housemate. He decided to get the chef to cook him something. And being a chef, he used pretty much everything in the kitchen. So the next morning when it came time to clean up, I told my housemate that he had to do the dishes because he's the one that wanted to cook. And his reply back to me was, well, you brought the party back. And the, the story goes on, ends up that no one did the dishes for a month. <laughs> oh, no. It got to the point where I'd, I'd walk in, I'd just be like, nah, nah, I can't even look at it. And I'd walk out and I'd just go out for dinner. <laughs> Um, so you entered, it, you entered, entered a share house cold war in which the dishes <laughs> stacked up and neither of you took responsibility. No, we fought over whose responsibility it was. So it's not like we denied it. We, we just went, no, he had the one that wanted the meal cooked. Yes. I brought the party back. But it, from your instance, it wasn't a food party. He was the one who wanted food, food at the party. after party. He was hungry and he wanted food. It ended up being that. The third housemate, she's the one that ended up doing the dishes because oh. she cracked it. Oh. And then, she cracked after a month. <laughs> a month. She, she dealt with it for a month. And then we brought in the rule of like, it was like a dish fee. So if you didn't do your dishes, you got charged. But even to this day, Glenn and I, who were the ones that had the fight over it, even to this day when we still catch up with each other, if it gets brought up, I still think that he should have done the dishes. <laughs> and this is 15 years ago, this was as well. Whoa, 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 wow, this sounds like a low court of Australia uh, right does, here. This does, doesn't it? I feel like there needs to be a judge. What is your opinion? Because I was just thinking about this. I was like, I think I'm 15 years later, I still think that I'm in the right for not to have to do those dishes. I didn't even eat the food. Oh, this is too spicy. We'll have to file the court papers and try and get a result (laughs) on that because we can't make a decision without hearing from the defendant uh, here. Yeah, that's true. So we'll look. We'll we'll get back to you, Emma, on that one. But There's thank you very much for chatting to us. There's always two sides to the fried egg, Emma. Never know <laughs> what the other uh, what the yolk has to stay. So. But Emma, before you go, right. we'd like to get your opinion. We're about to reveal the results of the poll as to uh, which share houses are dirtier, all yep. 
women, all men, all cis women, all cis men. Do you have a um, have an opinion on that? Oh, I've I've lived in a lot of shared houses, and I'd have to say the dirtiest share house I lived in it was fifty fifty. Forget the worst of each other. Not helping us here, Emma. <laughs> I wish you brought this impartiality to your dishes bloody <laughs> battle. Hey, all right. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll catch you next time. All right, guys. Have a good day. Okay. Look, we got we got the results, and the question that we asked you: Which share houses are the most messy slash filthy? Matt, you claimed it was all women share houses. Yeah. Twenty three percent of people agreed with you. Seventy seven. Reckoned oh. all male identifying share no! houses. I honestly thought I was going to win this. I, Absolutely I truly, not, mate. Truly, truly thought. Absolutely not. No, do you know what this just says to me? This just says to me that more women respond to Instagram polls than men. <laughs> That's all that this says to me. I'd like the re- I'd like the demographics of this result. Well, they would have been in all women share houses and would have said it wasn't that bad. So they they oh, know. Mate. You know what? You know what? It's real difficult to bloody respond to Instagram polls when you're cleaning your share house like all of us blokes are doing, <laughs> all right? So all of us at Battlers out there, good on you, lads. Keep doing your thing. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep scrubbing the good scrub. Keep digging that hole, mate. <laughs> Smart and Alex all day breakfast. Oops. You ever done a Rubik's Cube, Alex Dyson? I've played around with them, but I don't think I've ever solved one. (laughs) No. Maybe I got one side of one done. Lawrence Leung is very good at the Rubik's Cube. He knows how to do them. Comedian Lawrence Leung. I had one at home and Mm. I even had a book that showed you how to solve it. And it had that kind of like, it was like, to make this book easier to figure out how to solve this, mm-hmm. we're going to need to speak in codes. And then it just started to talk about exactly like this long code of how to like, yeah, it'd yeah. be like 2BR, capital R means right rotation, all that sort of stuff. And I and I, I got one side of it done and then, yeah. then I was out. That's what I always say is near enough is good enough. That's about Alex's motto. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Rubik's Cubes in which near enough... <laughs> Looks completely shit (laughs) because half of it is still completely botched. I'll tell you who didn't have that problem just recently is one Max Park, American champion Rubik's Cuba. I think I might have seen the video of this. You saw this? I think I saw the video going viral. Did he break the world record? Yes, he did break the world record. You know what I really love? (laughs) People getting hyped about relatively... Mundane stuff. And I include, oh, like, what? About being the world well, champion well, well, something, well, Dyson? About, <laughs> about breaking the world Rubik's record, mate. But, like, things like, I'll say, like, in basketball, if you do a crossover and someone falls down, you, quote, unquote, break their ankles. Like, you crossed <laughs> them over, you tricked them, like, you did a really good move. I love when people, like, go, whoa, oh, did you see that? And in that <laughs> world record video, it was completely warranted, but the amount of people getting hype in this just school hall or something was amazing. Man, it, it is one of those videos where you've got kids that must be like 13, 14. You know that um, Turn Down For What rap yep, video where exactly. that guy, Max Superfire or whatever his name is, and the and the guys go across the screen like, Wah! like face-meltingly hyped. <laughs> yeah. 
that was what this was. Like people were losing it at this world record well, this, uh, win. This dude would be a god to them to do a Rubik's cube in three seconds. Three point like, one three oh, seconds. The no, low threes. Yeah. So so that he's he's the twenty one year old, twenty one years old. He smashed, as reported by the Guardian, the previous benchmark of three point four seven Whoa. seconds by three tenths. Yeah. So if you've never seen this event before, basically. They have a box over the top of the cube. So is they, there's their official mixer-upper who mixes it up and puts it under the box but without them looking at it. I don't know whether it's robot or whether it's done by someone else. Yeah, and I don't know whether it's, you know, rife with match-fixing. <laughs> Professional oh, sports. I'll tell you what, when there's, a, when there's a dollar to be made, <laughs> you get the people in the little fedoras out the back and they're going, Oi, oh, you did pretty well today, kid. Want to make a bit of money? He's like, yes, sir. Yeah. Walking into the Rubik's Cube World Championships, they shake a strange man's hand out the front. <laughs> Good luck, kid. Suddenly their palms are greasy. I, cu- I couldn't hold the cube, sir. It slipped out of my hands, man. Um, so this guy. All right. We're not saying that this played any part in the world record. <laughs> no. You know. no. No. So they, so they lift off a box. Then they're allowed to hold the cube in their hand and analyze its mixed upness. Not make a move. Just purely look. Yeah. And I believe it's about, they get it. I think from judging by what the video said, I think it's 10 seconds. They get to look at this cube. All right. They see where it's all at. And they, they're already working out their moves before the fingers start a twiddling. Yeah. I wonder, you know, I don't know that whether this is right, but I would wonder whether they're, whoever mixes it up is allowed to do a certain number of moves to mix it. Right. That would make sense that every single done. Yeah. From done to mixed, they'd have to surely have a very set number of moves. Anyways, bro, this video, it, like, it goes from mixed to done. Like, I just don't even In know how 3. he's... In 3.1 seconds. <laughs> I just don't know how he's doing it. Okay, but here's the thing. Now, this guy, Max Park, he's part of a Netflix documentary called The Speed Cubers, okay, which you might have seen. And mm. he was diagnosed with autism at two. His parents decided to look for ways to help him develop his fine motor skills. Yep. And so suddenly he does the Rubik's Cube. They realized this could be the thing. Mm. Um, so they, they entered him in competitions as a means, this is quoting The Guardian, um, of teaching him social cues such as pointing, standing in line, and waiting his turn. Okay. Um. It was a giant playdate situation that we were going to exploit for Max's social development, Park's father said. Neck minute, breaking world records. Well, not just a world record. Okay, so this this kid, 21 years old, okay, born California, USA. Not only is he just like a, you know, world record holder at the three by three, his world rankings, right? His world rankings in the World Cube Association, the WCA, <laughs> right? He's the world record holder and the number one champion at the 3 by 3 by 3 cube, 3.13 seconds. He's the world champion in the 4 by 4 by 4 cube. He's the world champion. How many champ- seconds for a 4 by 4 16.79 seconds. Oh He's the world champion for the 5 by 5 by 5 cube. 33 seconds. The Michael Phelps of Rubik's. <laughs> He's the world champion for the six by six by six cube. The Serena Williams of the cube. <laughs> At the 59 seconds. And he's the world champion. Don't say it. Of the seven by seven by seven cube. Can this man not be stopped? 
It's like you go to the Olympics, you win in the 50-metre freestyle and then the 1,500-metre. And on top of that, just for a little bit of how's your day, he's the world record holder for the 3 by 3 by 3 one-handed, if you don't mind. <laughs> Either hand or is it? Is he only good on the right? And is... I think he gets to choose the good one. Okay, you choose the good one. He'd have some strong wrists. Oh, I tell you what. Well, that's the thing. Like <laughs> Some meaty forearms. What do we have to do to make sure that the, you know, the cube itself is able to spin as quickly as you like it? It doesn't get stuck. Like, are you allowed, oh, no. are you allowed to lube the cube <laughs> like, to make sure it's, it's just a bit, a bit of WD? You should be able to blow on it and the thing should spin around. <laughs> you know, the people talk about the greats. They talk about <laughs> your Serenas. They talk about your Tiger Woods. I think that Don Bradman got put up there in Australia's greatest sports people. They talk about your Bradmans. Your buddy Usain Bolts. Bradman wasn't also at the top of the bowling. I'll tell you your that. Your Warnies. Okay. They talk about all of them. Do you think Max Park ever gets a look in? He would twist these jokers around his fingers so quickly they'd be in bloody three by three by three formation before you know it. Shout out to Max Park. You're a bloody legend. Thank you very much for listening to us today. Really appreciate you hanging out once again. If you'd like to get in touch, hit us on the DMs, matt.n.alex, or, of course, mattandalex.com.au. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.n.alex.